Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. If your company's been around for a while, at some point, it may need a significant change in its legal or organizational structure or both. And listen, this can be a really difficult time for you and your business, and it's actually a pretty dangerous time. A lot of things can go wrong. Noel McNeely of Product Quick Start, who I've known for a really long time, and one of his clients, Christy Gorinus of Defendables and uh, the Go With Me chair, are going to share with us some insights about navigating these kinds of challenges. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You can find out more about Noah and Christy and their businesses at our show website, CEOExclusiveRadio.com. Noah, to get us started, tell us a little bit about Product Quick Start, its history, and what you do in the world of product development, and, and also how you met Christy. Okay. Well, um, I'll try to remember all those as I, as I ramble through Don't here. Don't worry. Uh, I'll cue I'll you. <laughs> Very good. Well, Product Quick Start is a product design, development, engineering, manufacturing company. Uh, we have a very exclusive focus. We focus only on early stage companies, small companies, startups, and inventor entrepreneurs. Historically, my, uh, my past is that I was an original founder of a company called Slingshot Product Development Group. Which is where I know you from. Yes, which is where you know me from. Uh, we met there what, eight years ago, maybe? 800 years ago. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I and my partner started Slingshot Product Development Group about 15, 16 years ago. We started just as a small two-person company um, doing product design, development, engineering type, uh, type of work. Just really, we started with a card table and a computer and just the two of us. And uh, we tried a lot of business models. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, over the course of 15 years, we grew the company uh, from two people to four people to 10 people to around 35 people at one point. And that was uh, back in 08 or so. We were at around 35 people. We tried uh, various things. We got into manufacturing. We got into science R&D. We got into doing a lot of work with inventor entrepreneurs. And we're also doing work with very large companies. Um, over the course of our history, we, we took on a number of national accounts, uh, clients like Procter & Gamble and Black & Decker and Schick Wilkinson Sword and, and a variety of other, um, other companies that, that, frankly, a lot of the people in the audience probably own products that, that they make and probably own products that we help design or develop or even manufacture. I became CEO of Slingshot in around 08, uh, guided the uh, company through the, the downturn, which was a lot of fun. Uh, For a lot of us. It, it was, but uh, we, we, we made it through okay, and um, we, we tried a number of additional business uh, ideas during that time period. We got deeper into manufacturing, got deeper into um, science R&D, and um, one of the things, a couple of things I learned during that process, number one, uh, managing 30 to 40 people leaves very little room to do innovation or product design or mm -hmm. working with clients, which was always my passion and always the, uh, the reason I got into the business to start with. And the other thing, which is probably more significant, is that we learned that our company was really a collection of several small companies. We had multiple different business 
business avenues. We had our manufacturing business, which was was doing very well. We had a, a business, a group of us were focused on doing fairly deep R&D science type projects. A group of us was focused on servicing the needs of very large clients. And a group of us was focused on servicing the needs of uh, startups and early stage companies and inventor entrepreneurs. Mm. So, so what we were doing in retrospect, is we had these these sort of oddly shaped pegs, and we were trying to squeeze them all through the same little round hole. And uh, we ended up with with a fairly watered down marketing message, uh, trying to make everything fit. We ended up with processes that were maybe not fully optimized uh, for each of our businesses. So I met with our board of directors. I met with my original partner. Uh, expressed uh, a couple of things. Number one, my desire to get back to hands-on innovation, hands-on client work, being the CEO that I always hoped I would be uh, in terms of being a very active CEO uh, rather than just a manager, and expressed my, my belief that we really needed to look at restructuring our company, which mm-hmm. we've done, and then we've uh, essentially restructured as a parent organization with multiple um, multiple smaller companies, of which uh, Product Quick Start is one. So, Christy, let me ask you here. When you're hearing this message about the company and the splitting and, you know, changing the names, this for me is one of the most dangerous aspects of of changing the legal and organizational structure or rebranding as you had to have done either person, you know, both the personal rebranding, Noah, because, you know, like I said, when I, as we were talking about when the show was starting, I was about to introduce you at Slingshot, right? And you're not that anymore. And you build off all that equity in in uh, personal equity and then also brand equity in in this existing brand. Christy, what what was your impression of that? Because from my understanding, clients can really take that in multiple ways. Well, I met Noah, I think, at the tail end of what of splitting off the two companies. So I'm not really that familiar with Slingshot. I found um, him through LinkedIn. I needed to change my engineers from a group out in California to somebody local. And so I was researching local engineering firms that focused on inventors and entrepreneurs. And that's how I found Noah. And I researched him. And I actually, I researched Slingshot. I, I reached out to somebody from Slingshot. I didn't get a reply, so <laughs> so I, I did get an immediate. They were too reply. busy. They, they were, were too busy. Bu- too busy restructuring. Well, well, no, I think I think Christie's um, <laughs> Christie's experience is exactly a uh, justification of why we split apart. Um, we really, I, I think, um, and I can cover this in in a little bit of detail. But I think the fact that Christie found me through. LinkedIn after this rebranding really, really even makes me feel better about the process we went through because we now have three companies, each with a very focused branding, each with a very focused message, and each with much more streamlined processes. But the truth of the matter is she called people at Slingshot to do her due diligence on whether or not you could actually serve her needs. I mean, the brands were still really tied together, obviously. Right. Well, I think you probably didn't realize we were the same uh, company when you called Slingshot. Uh, is, is is I guess what I'm 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 hearing, Christy. Well, say. it was a little confusing at first because I went to a Slingshot website and now it's Product Quick Start, and so it, that really, honestly, is not important to me because I met Noah personally. He fulfills my needs as an as an inventor and entrepreneur and one person company, and that's the only thing that's important to me is the history, the feedback I received from other people. I have a, another entrepreneur that used uh, Noah to bring his 
his product to market that's very successful. That's all I needed to know. And uh, the fact that he split off from a, a larger company that serviced larger companies it's important to me because you're focusing more on the smaller company and one person inventors. And so you fit my needs perfectly as slick, uh, as product See? quick start. See, she's like, <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We're, we're still in the process. We're at the tail end of the transition, but, uh, but we're, we're, we're pretty well branded now, mm-hmm. which is good. And so how are you dealing with that confusion? Which I, I certainly think there are two big risks for those of you listening and thinking about maybe doing a process like this, there's the branding piece of people like, what is Slingshot? You know, what is Product Quick Start? Making sure that the messages that you're now trying to streamline and and really pinpoint your target audience, that they really get there. And and then you can use the brand equity from the company that you've had for 15 years and transfer it over to the, the new thing. And then making sure that people feel like it's a it's a move forward and not like a prop trying to fix a problem. So there's all that branding and marketing stuff that's a big risk and making sure people aren't confused. The market's not confused. And then there's the internal mishigosh around moving the people around and whatever internal politics there might be and, you know, negotiating the money and all that, right? So there are two two really big risks. I would love to hear how you how you're thinking about and dealing with both of them. Sure. Well, I, I think, let me let me tackle the harder one first. I think the um, the internal, what was your term? Mishigosh? Mishigosh. Mishigosh was, uh, was probably, has been the bigger challenge. I, I think it, it's really important in a process like this to be very clear about where the lines between the businesses are. And that's something we work very hard to do. We were very, uh, very deliberate about that. Separate legal structures? Uh, separate legal structures. We, we started, we start, we took baby steps at first. So we all started, each of these entities started out as a DBA of the parent company. And over the course of several months, really over the, this has been a two-year process. So over the course of the last couple of years, each of these organizations has become its own independent LLC. I think we're all LLCs. I think that's the proper structure for all three of the entities that have evolved. But the real key is to to work on those gray areas between the companies, make sure everyone understands what their business is so that they can focus on it very, very well. And, and we've done a really good job of that. So we now have Product Quick Start, which, as I said, focuses on small company work, early stage companies, inventor entrepreneurs like, uh, like Christy. Um, we don't pursue work with large clients. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Number one, we, we don't want to because that would dilute our business model for our target client. Another company that, that's evolved is now called Slingshot Product Labs, which is what people would most closely associate with the original Slingshot. The innovation shop? The innovation shop, but for large companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they focus on large companies, but they also... They also have a, a bit of a focus on science R&D, some, some more heavier tech stuff than we would typically touch in terms of technology development. So their business has become very clear. So now if we get a client inquiry that's really more of a fit for them, that's pretty obvious really quickly. And we just make an introduction and refer them. And, and likewise, they do the same for us. And um, then we have our third business is called Slingshot Manufacturing. Uh, they basically have uh, inherited the various manufacturing contracts that Slingshot was servicing, and they are continuing to evolve their business and, and grow and, and determine just how they want to grow that. They're the they're sort of the, the third entity to evolve. And then we have Slingshot Ventures, which is still the parent company, 
more of a, they, they kind of tie the alliance together, but we're all independent. We're just, we're, we're independent, but we're all friends, which I think is key. We're not trying to take business from each other. In fact, we're trying to support each other. And I think that's, that more than anything else, the people working well together, even after we're not in the same company, that's the way we got through the Michigash yeah. that you spoke mm-hmm. of. So a couple couple specifics. Do you co-locate and do you split FTEs or are, so of the 35 people, did you did people align specifically with a specific business or, and do you share FTEs across the businesses? Um, we uh, basically people align based on their passions is is one of the other kind of key elements of our success. We didn't force anybody to go into a direction they wanted to go. We didn't say, okay, uh, David, you've got to go work on the startup space because that's not David's passion. It's my passion and my partner's passion. Uh, a gentleman named Don Muntner, we've always loved startups. We, frankly, startups are a lot more fun to us than corporate clients because uh, we get to work with decision makers. Uh, we're not working with someone that's Frankly, sometimes I felt like people I, were working, I was working with in the past were just waiting for retirement. Uh, so th- these are people starting something new and they're passionate passionate about it. We love that. So that's our passion. But other people uh, are more passionate about the uh, the science side or the, the big company work. So they went in that direction by choice. And then we have other, have other people that are more passionate about the details of managing manufacturing orders. So, so they went in that direction. And then, frankly, we had some people that, that didn't want to be part of the, uh, the transition. And then we've helped them find other, other um, adventures elsewhere. So uh, I, I think that, that was the key. It was a very voluntary, it was a very, voluntary, it was a very amicable uh, type of separation. Do you co-locate? Uh, we did for a period of time. Uh, however, after a period of time, it became obvious it was going to be very difficult to co-brand in one single space. Uh, Slingshot Manufacturing and Slingshot Product Labs are still co-located. However, Product Quick Start has moved into its own offices in downtown Lawrenceville. We're actually in a historic old building, which is really, really kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. For those of you listening, we're talking to Noah McNeely of Product Quick Start, and one of his clients, Christy Gorinas of Dependables and the Go With Me Chair. So in the second part of the show, we like to turn our conversation to the relationship between our two guests. We always have people on the show who know each other because no CEO entrepreneur does it on their own. And I love this inquiry into how we make the relationships nurture our businesses and so, Christy, I'll turn I'll turn it over to you with this question, which is, you switched from a company in California. Well, I'm still transitioning away from them, but yes, I'm I'm looking to fully transition out of using the engineers in California, having the full um, product engineering to Noah. Right now, he's doing half of the engineering, and I need it all to Noah. So, so tell us about that switch and why you were changing, and and why it is that you feel like. Noah's a better choice. Don't name any names. I'm, I won't. <laughs> well, first of all, I, I don't like to do all of my business over the phone or through email. I like to have the face-to-face um, contact with the people I work with because I'm, I'm a one-person company. I don't have any employees. I hire all consultants to do any of the work that I, that I have. Um, so I prefer to have some face-to-face conversations. And it was very difficult with the with the small group out in California who, 
probably like Slingshot, does work for large corporations. And so I'm at the bottom of the barrel, probably 10th on their list of getting work done. If you're lucky, you're 10th. If I'm lucky, I'm 10th. And so we have missed, you know, 20, 30 deadlines. Mm. We're six to eight months behind. And I'm sitting there. I can't do anything. I'm not the engineer. There's nothing I can do but follow up, follow up and be a pest. And then they start not liking you because you're pestering them. So I really, I I needed to move it to somebody that had more focus on the inventor, the entrepreneur, on on what I needed to to have done and to meet deadlines. And I felt like Noah could do that for me. Mm. And so, Noah, I guess this is a good case case for why why you wanted to to narrow your um, narrow your focus and having the courage to to make the decision to do that. But as a, a company um, like Product Quick Start, how do you make the economics work? Because, you know, startups don't often don't have a lot of money. Sure. Which is why they're 100th on the list when you're working with Procter & Gamble or you know any of the other companies you named. Well, I think there's, there's a couple of trends. I think that startups have more money than they used to in many cases. So like when we started the original business 16 years ago, uh, we would work with startups, but... Kind of turn your nose up at them like, Well, it wasn't that because I always enjoyed working with startups. The problem is 15, 16 years ago, we would work with startups and we'd look at their odds of success as being much lower than they are today. So we would work with them. We would explain to them, you know, look, even even we do everything right, you're still not likely to succeed. Back in those days, the licensing would would typically be the route they could go. Today, they're a lot, and it's still a very good route. Don't, don't get me wrong. Christie's done it very successfully. But um, even today, today though, there are a lot of other opportunities through crowdfunding. And, and more, more importantly, I would say, through the access to retailers like Amazon.com and others, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, those didn't really exist in the way they do today. So you had to fight for a retail shelf space, which was very hard for a small company to do. But now we have clients that they start their sales on Amazon and direct to consumers, and then they get traction, and then then big retailers uh, take notice, or, or they have other opportunities. So that's something that really didn't exist back then. But back to the kind of the earlier comment, you know, one of the things that frustrated me as someone who likes startups at Slingshot it's just the nature of the economics like you're speaking about. If you've got three or four startup clients, but then Procter & Gamble calls, you have to prioritize Procter & Gamble's. There's just no way around it. And Sorry, Christy. It, I know. It's That's the problem for me. Right. It's, it's just the, the nature of that type of business. Mm-hmm. And that's very traditionally uh, product development companies. Mm-hmm. They'll do startup work, but usually it's with the, hopefully they express to you with the understanding that, you know, we have bigger clients that we have to work with. So we, we decided... My partner and I, Don Muntner and I, decided that we wanted to do a business that didn't have that problem, that conflict at all, where we would focus only on startups and small businesses. And um, the way we make the economics work is really we've streamlined our services. So, frankly, uh, Christie doesn't need the same design project that Kimberly Clark needs. You know, Kimberly Clark needs a very, they, they need 100 concepts if they're going to do a new product. And that's great. And Kimberly Clark can afford to do that and, and ask in other large companies. Kimberly only has so much runway to get her product to the market. Christy. So I'm sorry, Christy. My, that's all right. My mistake. No problem. We also have a client named Kimberly. <laughs> but uh, Christy um, only has so much runway to get to the market. Uh, so we've streamlined our services. So rather than spending two months developing 100 concepts for Christy, we spend a much smaller period of time developing three to five concepts for Christy. That gets her to Gen 1 
wants Gen 1s on the market. If she wants to come back and develop 100 concepts, now she's got the funding to do it. So we, we've, we've taken the traditional model of very large programs, and we've really taken as much of the fat out of that as we can to deliver just what our clients need. And that's really how we've made the economics uh, work. So we're not delivering a $100,000 project for $10,000. We've, we've really culled it down to what it absolutely has to be to help our clients be successful and get on the market. That being said, if I've got a client that comes in and says, I want the $100,000 project, we can do it. It's just really not what our focus is. And Christy, as you think about managing, you know, being a one-person shop and, and managing a resource like, like Product Quick Start, what are the key things that you think... Uh, are making this relationship successful that so you mentioned that they're giving you more attention but what are some of the other things that you're looking for well for for someone to respond first of all i think response is very important and and when you're 10th or 100th on the list you might not get a response for 2 to 3 weeks that can be very frustrating especially if you can't walk into the office and say hey i've sent 5 emails so noah is very quick to respond he provides um, a lot of feedback. And, you know, I, I can only sink in my little bubble. And I've only thought about designs um, within that bubble. And I need somebody, because I do work alone, to take me outside that bubble and provide suggestions and, and design suggestions and things. And he has brought that to the table. He's taken what I've been working on for two years, and he changed it into something that I was a hundred times better than I could have ever thought of. And it was probably so easy for him to do that. But the fact that he can provide, you know, those suggestions, whereas I think the other group, they they just didn't provide the suggestions. They just did exactly what I asked them to do, focused on that and and didn't look at it to improve the the concept or the idea. And that's what Noah's here for. He's taking me down to that next, you know, better product design um, to ensure its success. So that's really important to me. And so how is the product doing right now? And where are you in the life cycle? Well, we took our six prototypes to the CES show in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, um, which is the Consumer Electronics Trade Show, a huge But yours is show. not, you're not an electronics product. Help me understand how well. Well, now the Defendables um, is a wearable product. Yeah. So it fits into the wearable personal safety category. And the second gen or the third gen of the product will include um, an RF, radio frequency tracking that is similar to your your cell phone and that it'll have its own SIM card and battery and connect directly to a satellite so it won't be tied to having to have a smartphone on you. So Defendables is a wearable safety product. It's it's a small pod that's filled with pepper spray and you wear it anywhere on your body. You can attach it to your bra strap, your boot, um, your cap, your shoes. And so you've got it uh, on your body 24 hours a day to ensure that if you are attacked or assaulted, that you've got some form of non-lethal protection. Wait a second. If it's on your shoe, how does the prepper spray work? Well, you have to grab it off. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you know where it's at, and it's not a can of pepper spray that's lost at the bottom of your purse or in your garage where mine always sat. It's worn on your body. It's small enough, a little bit larger than a quarter. 
it's small enough to wear on your body so that you can grab it at the time of, of an attack. All right. So if you're jogging, mm-hmm. this would be something that you, you wear along with your Fitbit and all the other stuff. Correct. You can, it has a clip. You can attach it directly onto your Fitbit, onto your, you know, your pants. Um, it actually, we actually have a version that Noah's helping me design. It's actually a ring that you, it's like a Spider-Man um, oh. ring that, that it's, uh, good idea. The, I like that one, Noah. The pod is, I'm assuming that's Noah's idea. Actually, it's my my idea. Okay, he's so just bringing it to life. The ring. Okay, great. He's just bringing it to life. So um, you've always <laughs> got it on your hand. You don't have to be holding it because typically research says that if you are attacked, the first thing you do is your hands go up and whatever you've, you're holding in your hands, whether it's a can of pepper spray or your phone, drops. Mm-hmm. So if this pod is attached to a ring that's in the palm of your hand, your hands can go up, but you won't drop it. You still have it available to, you know, in your personal space to have the pepper spray come out and give you those few seconds to get away. All right. So indulge me, listeners. So is the pepper spray on the back of the ring or the front of the ring? It's on the, it's on the palm deep. side of your hand. Okay, so, so the if your ring, hands go up, yes. right, you, the pepper spray shoots out and whoever's well, attacking just you. Just like Spider-Man. Just like, ah. literally like Spider-Man. You've, you're going to take your thumb, depress on the trigger, and it goes out like Spidey's, you know, okay. um, d- you know shoots out his web. So What's you the, too can be a superhero. Yes. Ah, well, now I'm just trying to get away without <laughs> getting, getting, my, uh, getting attacked. So, um, very, very interesting. Thank you. And so... Uh, What's the, why the RFID piece? Importantly, there's a lot of wearable safety products on the market that, that have come out in the last year or two, and all of them are, are notification, GPS location, emergency notification. But what it does is, it, first of all, they have to be connected to your smartphone. So if you don't have your phone on you and you try to press the button, it's not going to do anything. So if you notify your husband or loved ones, whatever, that you're being attacked, that's a great that's a that's a benefit, but they might find you in the back of somebody's trunk, and it might be too late. So there's nothing on the market that gives you the immediate and real protection that you need if you're being attacked, because typically most people don't carry a gun. Most people don't carry their pepper spray in their hands as they're walking around. 55% of all attacks occur in your own home most of the time when you're sleeping. This product you can wear to bed. You know, you're not walking around your house with a knife or something when somebody comes in to rob you. 25,000 burglaries a day in the, in the United States. You know, so it's something that we all need. Men, women, we'll have a product for juveniles, um, special needs. And the elderly is a huge market. The elderly are targeted regularly walking out of grocery stores, you know, um, their bags are snatched or they're beaten or whatever it might be. So it's really important. And you can see the passion. It's probably emanating out of my eyes right now. But <coughs> it's an important um, product to me, not only because I'm a survivor of, of an assault uh, 25 years ago, but I've got five girls. And I know the importance of, you know, I'm not going to be there every time they go on a date or they go to college. I have one in college, so I, that's why no, I came really, up Christy, with the idea. Is somebody going to wear the pepper spray ring on a date? Absolutely. Three out of four attacks, assaults, sexual assaults, occur with somebody that you know. When you're sitting there in your dorm room watching TV with you think is your friend, maybe you've been drinking, maybe you haven't. But that's, those are the statistics. Mm. Three out of four occur by somebody that you trust, a friend, or even a family member. Mm. So it is unfortunate. And I, I want to comment, um, Christy's come quite far with this program. She's, she's partnering up with some leaders in the industry. It's, it's, a, it's a really big deal. Mm. Thank you. 
I have our, I licensed the product before we had a prototype made, licensed it to the world's largest um, manufacturer and distributor of pepper spray and personal safety items, Sabre Red. Um, they own 60% of the market and have over 20,000 retailers worldwide. So they will do the manufacturing. That's a lot as one person. Mm-hmm. She, she's done really well. Her, <laughs> I, her passion has taken her a long way. It, ha- it has. I, I, my, a word that my husband uses, and it, it might not be a positive word for, for a husband, but is, I'm a little relentless. So I, if I <laughs> target something that, you know, I want to work with Sabre, I'm going to make that happen. Great. And so it sounds to me, Noah, like these kinds of projects, you know, where that you can really get behind and get passionate about are the reason why you decide to break off and start a product quick start. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, we love working with people who are passionate about what they're doing. Um, I think Christy's uh, pretty much an ideal client for us. She understands business and she has the drive to uh, to make this happen. And she's got a series of good ideas. Uh, you know, we also yeah, I mentioned into, the chair at the beginning of the show, and the, you know, I was thinking she was going to talk about the chair, and she didn't. Right. So yeah, this is not her first uh, her first uh, business by any means. But uh, you know, unfortunately, we also meet a lot of people that that um, they kind of think inventions are a get rich quick scheme, or they they really don't understand business, or they don't under, understand the steps to get from where they are to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is another reason we got into this business. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of people out there that'll take advantage and prey on those people. You may see some advertised on late night TV and other places, but there's no shortage of engineers in the world that are just happily take your money and keep building what you tell them to build. I think the key is there. you really need a partner that gets into, into the, the thought process with you around what you have. And frankly, there are more people that contact us that we don't work with than we do work with because we're in this for really success stories, and um, we, we try to be good providers of a good service. Um, sometimes all we do with people, they just need to come in and talk about their idea. We'll just do a, a one-hour consulting session, and frankly, if in an hour I can help someone not spend any more money on a program that's going nowhere, I consider that a win. You know, I, I could easily say, you know, send us thousands of dollars, and we'll go out, we'll make renderings of this, we'll make a prototype, we'll do this, that, and the other, but... If I don't feel good about it, if I feel like that's not going to be successful, then we won't take on that client. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that will. But one of the things my partner and I uh, decided very early on is we want to be a positive influence in this space. Great. So, Noah, to close off the show, what are some other exciting things or even other projects that you're working on that you can tell us about that you think listeners might be interested in? Gosh, what, what's on the market? What can I talk about? What can I not? Uh, well, we have a client that's uh, recently gone somewhat public. Uh, they have a website up, so I can talk about this. Uh, they have a new, it's basically an electronic ignition, uh, a, a keyless ignition for golf carts, which uh, kind of a bigger deal than I realized. It's sort of a, a niche area, but uh, but uh, it really helps with um the the keeping track of the keys and et cetera. And then they can also, they're building other technology into their tracker, into their uh, device where golf courses will be able to track the locations of golf carts. They'll be able to um, send uh, send information out to the golfers on the course. It's really an interesting product. So that, that's, that's sort of a, a neat one. Um, another of our clients just won an actually uh, honorary mention at the CES, uh, a company called In Motion Albums. And, and they're the first... Uh, Really, really good combination of a digital and print um, memory book, uh, and, and they got um, they won honorable mention for best new um, 
new new product in I guess the photo management category for uh, for the consumer electronics show, and they'll be on the market uh, hopefully later this year. Um, and it's it's essentially a, an album that you that keeps track of all your digital images and videos for you, which I think is a growing problem actually because we all have our cell phones and we take a million pictures and they just end up being meaningless because they go on the cloud somewhere and we never look at them. So this is the first really good attempt to, to, to crack that problem that I've seen. And I think it's, it's, it's actually a very good one. Great. And Christy, what about you? So anything else that you think would be really interesting for listeners to hear about that you have coming up out of uh, Defendables? Well, we're looking to have the product on uh, on the market by the summertime, no later than the summer, and Noah's going to help with that, I'm sure. Um, but it's really my main focus right now. I'm getting the uh, electronics portion is going to be a huge addition to it, and and not difficult, but I found some partners out at Consumer Electronics Show to to partner with, so we don't have to have that, you know, um, I guess that application and, and that that whole GPS thing on our own. And But um, I'm just trying to get Defendables out there on the market. I'm trying to partner with, you know, the um, the, the trafficking group here in, in Atlanta. I've got some great contacts. And also, you know, I, I was in Washington, D.C. last uh, September. I met with a couple of senators and uh, women's health groups and uh, local uh, representatives to get them on board. There's actually a $1.4 trillion budget to help violence against women. So I'm trying to tap into that. I mean, if I could even just get $10,000 to help, you know, market and brand this product, I think we can do a lot with it. I would love to do something like the Tom's company where it's, you know, you buy one, we give one, we give one to the shelters, the domestic violence shelters, the groups that really, you know, need the assistance when they get back on the streets or whatever groups need it. So, I've got a lot of work to do in the next year. Awesome. Well, thank you both for, for a great show. Thank you. Thank and you. For those of you listening, we've been talking with Noah McNeely of Product Quick Start and Christy Gorinas of Defendables about product development and how to change the structure of your company and organization and a bunch of other things. Um, and you can check out our blog on Thursday where we'll give you a sum- summary of the key highlights from the show And to find that blog, um, you can find it on LinkedIn or get a link to it on our website at ceoexclusiveradio.com. I am Soyini Koch, your host. And until next time, have a very productive, prosperous, and profitable week. Thanks. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.